delighted to have you in the podcast where all stories are welcome and the masks come off. Hi Rashi. Hi Shiba, how are you? I'm very well. Uh thank you so much for making the time to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation together. Me too. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Rashi, you've got yourself your cup of coffee? Yes, I have. It's my favorite cup. Oh, wonderful. All right. So, <laughs> I'm going to pour myself some. Awesome. Let me settle down. There's nothing like the first sip, you know, of this. I'm also having black coffee today. Wonderful. Cheers, Rashi. Cheers, Shiva. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um as i said um thank you so much for making time for this and uh, and being open to sharing yourself with, with with me as well as people who will be listening to this so as you sit with this cup of coffee in your hands and if you can just hold it and feel the warmth i'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and think of what it conjures up for you nice warm snug with that cup of coffee what 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 does it bring forth for you delhi winter with fog and me cuddled up in a blanket with a hot cup of coffee and a book wonderful what does that image do for you what does it mean to you it means safety cocooning uh warmth just a place where i can be alone with my thoughts and i don't have to talk to anyone so what makes this cocooning experience important for you rashi i've never thought of that uh i think it's it's like a sanctuary away from all of the noise and uh complexity that we bring into our lives i think so yes. even even today i mean i the best time of the day for me is when you know the madness is over after 6 pm 7 pm uh, i just want to quickly have my dinner and then snuggle in bed uh, with a book or with my phone which is a bad habit but i find that cocooning act with something to keep my senses engaged yet i'm alone is a very necessary part of my day and i feel that i i recharge through that exercise mm. so if some days i'm busy even let's say till 10 pm Uh, or i'm working till midnight so nowadays i'm i'm trying to write every night and mm-hmm. i try and sleep only by midnight not before even then i feel i have to snuggle with my phone and cocoon under the blanket before i sleep so i think it's safety protection away from the noise listening to my own head and i think because of social media i'm not doing that enough so just some me time just for you to do whatever you want to do okay? however you want to okay all right great that uh, 
Yeah, and that's, that, that, that is very evocative, Rashi. You know, it just, just paints a picture for, for yes. and it gives us a peek into how you relax and how deep this need is for you. So yes. that's, that's, that's beautiful. I didn't realize it until I, I said it out loud just now. Yeah, yeah. So if I, if I, I would really like to know a little bit more about your story. Your, some of, as you've lived your life, what are some of the defining moments or some of the highs that you'd like to uh, share with me? And also areas where you found yourself floundering and your learning. So, you know, just tell us your story. <laughs> That's a very dangerous and open-ended question. Uh, <laughs> so I think my story is, how should I even begin? I think... Um, you can just tell, tell us your highlights, whatever you'd like to share. Some of the things that defined you as who you are, Rashi. Um, so... I think my story uh, is a very simple one. Yeah. It's uh, it's of a of a life um, which has always been on a trajectory of growth, right from the time, right from the beginning. So I come from a family um, which is very simple. So my my mother is from Meerut, a small town. My dad is from Delhi. His father was a school principal. My mother's dad uh, became a lawyer later, but then he was in the, he used to work in excise before that. Mm. So a very simple middle-class family. And I always believe we have to look at where we have come from to understand why we are a certain way. So very, very simple family. And uh, my parents really didn't know what to do with my sister and me. Mm. What mm. will they do when they grow up? So exposure levels, because they were they are from the silent generation, you know, mm. born before independence. Mm. So the exposure levels from childhood were very limited. Mm. Uh, where they really thought, okay, we'll educate them in whatever school we can find, and we'll see. <laughs> and my mother was obsessed with getting both of us married, my sister and me. Mm. My dad was very chilled out. He said, you, you, you guys should study, just study. And I think we inherited his genes. So education and learning has been a big part of my life right mm. from the beginning. Mm. And you still find that that, that that drives you a lot, learning? drives me so much mm. learning really drives me a lot mm. and so I think that is what I have inherited from my father this mm. thirst for learning and thirst for creativity in mm. in what I do and changing what I'm doing but but those were the beginnings and I remember we couldn't even speak English till mm. we were in uh, sixth class fifth mm. class Mm-hmm. And how we realized that we can't even speak English is mm-hmm. because my father uh, got transferred to Nigeria. You know, there was this boom, oil boom, and all engineers went en masse to Lagos. Yes, like, yes. To yes. So we were part of that boom. And we didn't, my sister and I realized then that we don't know how to speak English. Mm-hmm. And mm. we used to struggle to speak in school and on play dates. 
but then we learned very quickly because children do that yes and then when we came back i remember the school principal saying but uh, your hindi is not very good <laughs> <laughs> look at that huh how long did you stay how long did you stay in lagos surprisingly only two and a half three years yeah so, but those are formative years right you were very young yeah. Yeah. so came back and then you know life was just going along and then i started noticing there there is some somehow consciousness mm-hmm. that guided me in the right directions mm-hmm. uh, in in the in the moments that mattered most and one of the biggest forming formative experiences of my life is that i had to go dharma when i was 5 years old and so i spent my entire childhood um you know wrestling with this uh, now i know it's a skin deficiency but at that time we thought it's a big social taboo to especially for a girl childhood was a very very regimented but simple time of medication and education <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, but i i realized that there was this divine voice that came to me when i got into bcom honors mm. which said uh, you need to stop all treatment it's not working for you and i had some wow not so good experiences with doctors by that time because we had been going to doctors since i was 5 years old yeah um that must have been tough rashi it was very tough so it leads to a feeling that you're not good enough yeah. and you know discomfort in my own skin literally yeah and yeah. then when i was entering college uh, this divine voice came and said stop all treatment you're fine the way you are and wow. i stopped and i think that gave a lot of balance to my life and i had other things to do than medication and watching what i ate so that feeling of scarcity and mm. not being good enough started going away and washing away over time so i think mm. that was a that that's a big part of my story mm-hmm. and i think the other part of my story is like all children who that confusion of what do i do what do i what do i really do mm. and i realized that when i was younger i was way more intuitive and trustful of my mm. own voice mm. so uh, there was a girl i was in jmc and there was a girl who said I'm going to apply for CAT. I'm going to give my CAT exams. She was my best friend in college. Right. And uh, I'm starting these Manchanda classes in um, next to LSR College. Mm. And uh, I'm going there thrice a week. I said I'll come with you. I'll also do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give CAT. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing how it was in the flow. No, you just went yeah. with it. it just yeah and i will think a million times pros and cons what do i do no yeah. let's do it so i and it was tough <laughs> you know twice a week you go uh, in those days there was no uber but anyway we did it and wow. uh, i loved it because yeah. that learning orientation yeah. and i cracked the cat exams i got calls from all four ians wow rashi yeah so uh, but i failed all four interviews interesting interesting so there was this big high in my life yeah, that yeah. i 
I could have never imagined getting calls from all four IIMs. Yeah. And I still remember that moment when I got the call from IIM Calcutta. That was first. Mm. And this feeling of surprise more than pride. Yes. yes. And uh, then I went for all four interviews. And the other thing that happens is reverse imposter syndrome. <laughs> so Manchanda mm. had also these interview coaching. And in the in the center, in the interview, and in the group discussion, I was so good. Yes. I was so good. They stopped focusing on me. Ah. They said, you'll manage, you'll manage. You've got all four calls. You'll get through. You'll manage. Let's focus on the kids who had just one call. Yes. yes. So maybe I didn't get coached. Maybe I was overconfident. But I just could not crack any interview. Wow, that must have been so the seesaw effect on that one. It was, yeah. It was, it was like you climbed the mountain and then you were thrown to the oh to my the God. ground. Mm. You you were just reaching for Mount Everest and you, and so then I got through uh, NMIMS and MDI in Gurgaon and MDI right. was a very new college. Right, right. Um, but somehow I decided to go for MDI because I don't know why, but I felt that it was a better college. Mm. Again, you know, going with the gut. Let's yes, just sure. it. <laughs> yeah. Then I thought that I will, uh, I don't want to waste one year. So people were saying, look, you can get through CAT again. You spend one more year. Mm-hmm. I, you know, somehow that middle class scarcity mindset of no, but I can't waste one year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I'll give my cat again from MDI and then we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then I started enjoying the college. It was the first time I was in hostel. A lot of growing up happened there as well sure, sure. <laughs> because I was living alone for the first time. And then I decided I don't have the bandwidth to give cat again and start all over again. Let's sure. just finish this. Mm. Then the, the divine voice came again, which said, uh, so, you know, the struggle of finance or marketing. And uh, I remember, you know, again, I never went to the library. But this day, somehow, and I remember it was a Wednesday, mm. I found myself going to the library. Because I was thinking finance, marketing, finance, marketing. And mm-hmm. next day we had our subjects. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the library. Okay, let's read the newspaper. Let's read Economic Times. It's finance. Because it was a Wednesday, they also got brand equity with it. Ah. So I really struggled to read the finance stuff mm. on uh, Economic Times. But brand equity, I finished in 20 minutes. And I really enjoyed it. Mm. So then I said, shouldn't I be studying what I enjoy reading about? And that's it. I took the decision and did marketing. Oh, so tell me, you know, you, you, you're talking so much about this divine voice that comes. Is this something that you have found happens to you at different points in time? Is this, is this a recurring thing? What, speak a little bit more about that, Rashi. Yes, I think it is a recurring thing. And I think it has saved me from many, many bad decisions in my life. Mm. Um, uh, including getting into relationships, serious relationships where the voice said, "Mm, this doesn't feel right. Mm. But a few times when the voice has not failed me, a few times when I have not listened to the voice was when I was overthinking. Ah. I thought too much. And I think I thought too much from my ego. 
Mm. So, so when so, you stepped out of the way, that's when this, and you could hear it, right? Am I, am I right in understanding absolutely, that? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Right. And if I was to ask you, if, if there's an, what is the adage that you live by? I mean, what's your metaphor for life? What do you think it would be, Rashi? You could have several. Well, okay, so I think my metaphor right now is to be a banyan tree. All right, wonderful, and, wow. And I don't think I'm there yet, but I want to go there. Okay, and uh, why, what does the banyan tree evoke for you? So the first thing is that the banyan tree is, is probably the wisest of all trees. It carries wisdom. And uh, it, it's a tree that has longevity. It can live for thousands of years, pretty much like the life force, as they say. And I'm not talking in religious terms, but consciousness, which just is <laughs> a banyan tree just is rain, shine, drought, famine. It just stands there. Why? Because it has such deep roots. Mm such deep roots and even the branches become roots and I'm the kind of person who probably can't do anything superficially even if the banyan tree has one branch it becomes a root <laughs> so so these are the kinds of analogies and the other thing about the banyan tree is then it becomes so large that a whole community can come and live under it you know, you can write a book, you can sleep, it gives shade. But I don't think a banyan tree gives fruits, right? It doesn't I don't, give fruits. It doesn't give fruits. So it doesn't give fruits, it doesn't give flowers. It's rooted. Yes. Right? But, well, so let's explore that. What does that do for you when you say it's rooted? It's rooted means that nothing impacts it. Ah. Right. Nothing should impact it, right? Mm -hmm. But the lack of flowers and um, fruits, I could interpret in two ways, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think I need to live with it a little bit. Sure. One, you know, fruits and uh, flowers are like makeup on a tree, right? They're the glamour factor. You can pick a fruit and eat it. So it gives you, it gives the audience instant gratification. Sure. And uh, and therefore, the uh, a tree that bears fruit and flowers is popular in the, in the kingdom. Right. But the banyan tree is not. It's mm. not the glamorous one. Mm. And it probably, the roots take centuries to grow. Mm. That's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't sit and wait around. They will take the fruit and run away. So right. does that mean the other thing? So then it's it's an egoless living mm. for a banyan. Oh my God, this is so powerful. So it's an egoless living where probably the banyan tree gives to people what they need and not what they want in that moment. Hence, it is not the most populist tree. It's not yeah. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's very solid and is something that is a lot more eternal, no? in a manner of speaking. 
Is that, yes. I mean, I, that's what I'm hearing. Yes, eternal is the word. Yeah. It's ancient. It's ancient. Ancient, exactly. Yeah. And you don't find many banyan trees in urban India. I mean... Not so many. No, you'll find the other trees. Definitely in the gardens, you'll find many more manicured trees. But very few, very few banyans. Banyans kind of isolate, isn't it, in different areas. And you put it so beautifully when you said that communities grow around them. You know, and I think that is fabulous. Mm. Wow. Yeah, powerful. Communities also grow around flowers and fruits. So I think the lesson here is also to not be, um, to not feel self-important about this metaphor. All right. Okay. You know, so because I think what a lot of people like me do is that, you know, this moralistic high horse that I'm better because I'm the I'm aiming to be the banditry of these fruits and flowers. Bah. <laughs> that's, that's also, you know, this reverse imposter syndrome kind of thing. Yeah. So I think I have to guard against yeah. feeling because I'm sure a banyan tree doesn't feel it is better than the others. No, it is what it is. That's it. It is what it is. I think this is very powerful. And I, I'd be very interested going forward in some of the conversation that we have on how you found your balance on this one and what did it do for you? And you don't have to, you don't have to answer it right now. Yeah. But, you know, just being with this thought, I think, is powerful in itself. And I can see uh, vistas opening. Uh, mind as you explore this that probably will take you places differently because this yes. is your uh, your internal uh, processing yes and thank you I, all these insights wouldn't have emerged if you hadn't asked me so well I think we'll put it on the coffee <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it's good coffee <laughs> it's good coffee if I was to ask you what is Rashi what is the your unique fingerprint, each one of us is different. Each one of us represents something very uh, fundamentally different and unique and yet part of humanity and our own lens, which adds to this huge tapestry. Not just humanity, I feel all kinds of existences. What do you think, what do you, think you, you would leave as a legacy? What is, who is Rashi? What is Rashi representing? You know, this is something that I think I've just arrived at 10 over the last 10 days or so. Mm. And I used to think my unique energy was something else. Mm. But I think that what I might be bringing to the universe is infectious energy. Wow. That's I, your stamp. Yeah. I think so. I'm, I'm not sure yet, but I feel that that's what it is because an infectious energy to help people unlock their potential. I think that's what I might be. It's people, brands, and especially women unlock wow. their energy. So through infectious energy, and which probably sometimes gets pushy also. <laughs> but it gets the results, right? It, it drives people to... I think so. Wow. So, so could it could it be that I, I want to see potential where others feel there isn't? You want to see potential where others feel there isn't. 
and then combine that with that energy okay, let's let's do it let's just i think i think it is yeah i think that's uh, that is very unique being able to see something where where people don't feel it exists but and do you think you could link your love for learning and to for your ability to bring this out i mean that's what's coming to me yeah is that I, being able to find the pathways on how do you bring this out if somebody yes. is not expressing it then how do you is that how is that yeah yeah so that's that's the connection i'm i'm struggling to make right. my my this i spend more time than i probably should in trying to read and write this learning and self improve but how can i connect it to this infectious energy for others to unlock their potential people brands companies businesses what makes you laugh what makes me laugh uh anything that's uh, original or witty genuinely funny a turn of phrase yeah and does that set off the infectious energy is that moment of that bout of no i mean laughter is laughter mm. i think what sets off the infectious energy is when i think somebody comes to me with an idea mm. or an unformed idea or says i'm thinking of this i want to do this or this brand is tanking since 2010 what do we do with it that sets off that's amazing i have to absolutely um, uh, emphasize this and that's true because i have experienced it every time i've come to you with an idea unformed taken on board and it becomes something else which is fabulous because it does enthuse me to continue with what i'm doing so you're absolutely right in and from my experience you know to say that this this happens it's true rashi and there's there's a great degree of self awareness that you show when you see that in front thank you for saying that but i i mean the experience with you led to me forming it and also uh, a couple of friends i spoke to from who i worked with 15 years ago said that you know this is what you actually did so nobody spoke about oh you launched this product or you launched this you launched that showed that's part of it but they all said that you know you just enthused everyone that we have to turn this brand around we have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so so then i connected the dots yeah so i'm i'm still playing with this in my head let's see yeah but that's that's um, that's amazing you know what what comes out is really really strong i'm conscious of, of your time certainly but i just want to ask you if there's anything that you would like to say as like an uh, like an espresso shot before we leave and we kind of close the conversation about creating value about creating value mm. what does creating value mean to you i think creating value for me means that all of us are born with some unique gifts mm. and the journey of creating value begins with ourselves we have to first recognize and identify the gifts that we bring to the world and then spend all our time trying to hone them and 
use them for the world. So it starts with self-awareness, but then it must end in service to the community with your gifts. And it's a journey. It's a long journey. It could take 50 years, 80 years, because knowing ourselves and our gifts is so difficult. We forget yeah. that we were born with our gifts because we get so embroiled in this entire external rat race that we are running. And we start believing that job, that promotion, that incentive is what we were born for. And it's so much more. And it's so much more. I think, thank you, Rashi, for leaving us with that. And I think that's a very powerful message for all of us to reflect on, think about, and look at asking ourselves the question, am I doing that? And if I'm not, what else can I do to make that happen? Thank you for being a part of Coffee and Soul and having this soul conversation with me. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. I hope it's created some value for you as well. Thank you. I've really, really enjoyed it. And yes, I, I will go right straight to my diary and write down <laughs> some insights that I got. So thank you. It's been really valuable to me. Thank you so much, Rashi. You, have, you stay safe and have, have a great day and enjoy the weekend. Thank, thank you so you. much for your time. Thank you. You too. Thank you for your time and attention and for being a part of Soul Brews with Shiva. Until next week, keep the coffee swirling. <laughs>